At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome, everyone, to the From the Shadows podcast. I'm your host, Shane Grove, and with me, as always, is the super jolly, super producer, Jason. Greetings, everyone, and a ho, ho, ho. Oh, look, man, look, man. Hey, two years into it, and I didn't even have to prompt you to say the ho, ho, ho. Just the, (laughs) I like it, I like it. We might be ready to take this act on the road, you know? No, <laughs> no. no we, we better not go that far with it. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad you didn't say I was jolly because I mean, I'm a fat man, but I'm not very jolly right now. This is a t- <laughs> so everybody that does not have their Christmas presents ordered to stop right now because I don't want to deliver any more packages <laughs> and neither does anybody else. So that's my Christmas PSA for the for the season. Just just go to the store and it'll be a much better uh, shopping and more memorable, meaningful Christmas experience for you to just handpick something. Even if you have to beat somebody else up for the last one. Lazy. All right? That's all I got to say. <laughs> it's lazy. Uh, so before, before we introduce our, uh, our guest, I just want to remind everybody if, if you've got some stories, some experiences and you want to share them with us, um, because I, I've got a ton this week in the uh, in my messenger uh, on Facebook through the podcast. Uh, some really good guests uh, in the upcoming weeks for some uh, for some great eyewitness sightings. So we're, I'm excited about That's that. Good. So I'm glad to hear about that myself. I'm, oh, yeah, it is. It's, there's some good stuff. I'm not. I'm not even going to tell you, Jason. You, you, All right, we'll you discuss will, it uh, off the air. 
No, I'm not telling you. I'm telling you. I'm not telling you. That's just the way it is, man. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> I told you I'm not jolly. So why 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 push me? So, <laughs> but if you have any experiences that you want to share, just get a hold of us at the From the Shadows podcast page on Facebook or our forum page after the shadows. You can find me on Instagram, Shane Grove author, or we have our Instagram page, the or from the shadows podcast, or come to our website from the shadows podcast.com. There's a uh, connect button there or contact or, you know, holler at us button, whatever it is, we'll get it. Jason will get that right. You get the stuff on the website. Absolutely. All right. All right. So, so yeah, reach out to us. Let us know if you got a story you want to share. Um, cause we'd love to hear it. Um, everybody loves to hear great eyewitness, uh, stories because I think those are the best. So, so we have a real treat today, right, Jason? Yes, right? we I do. I mean, you don't, you don't feel threatened by the, no, by the don't super tease producer. it. Let's get it out there. Well, I'm saying you don't feel threatened by the super producer status of our guest. I am I just excited. Wanna, you're excited. Okay. So joining us is super producer in her own right, Heather Mosier from the Small Town Monsters Gang, among a whole bunch of other stuff. I'll let her get into that. So, Heather, welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me. Welcome, Heather. We're glad to have you. Yes, yes, we we are definitely glad. And so for all the people that don't know what the whole small town monsters and and some of that stuff is, do you want to give them a quick education on that? Sure. So I'll I'll start off with the way that I um, kind of introduce us for witnesses that I contact, and that is that we are a small independent film company out of Wadsworth, Ohio that makes documentaries based on local cryptids, monsters in areas, the influence that they have on the town and the people that have had the sightings. And then we dive into some history and folklore as well while we're making those films too. Now you humbly say small, but I think (laughs) that, I think that that is, that's kind of shortchanging it a little bit. I think just about everybody in the paranormal encrypted world knows who Seth Breedlove is and the small town monsters thing. Yeah. I mean, right. I mean, I mean, uh, you guys I are, mean, that would be you, sweet. But I mean, you guys are it's, some it's like small little group though. Okay. Okay. You're a small group of people doing yeah. big things, doing big I mean, things. We're trying. We're trying. <laughs> I mean, you may or may not have seen firsthand roughly the size of a crew. <laughs> yes. And since I, and since I am under a non-disclosure agreement, um, um, which I think was just a handshake from Seth. Um, yeah. Um, you may or may not see a couple members of this podcast uh, engaged in some activities that were caught on film with a certain small uh, film company from Wadsworth, Ohio. Um, but I don't know because I was sworn to secrecy. Careful, but there, Grover, this is a family show. We don't want to hear about your drinking binges. <laughs> well, I make sure, 
even though I've never had a drink, I would definitely make sure that my first time was not caught on film. Even though the judge, even though the judge would probably most definitely make sure it was caught on film. Um, <laughs> holy smokes! But uh, but yes, indeed, we did get to see firsthand um, you guys in action, and um, I, you know, I know we can't say a whole lot about the project, but it was it was a lot of fun, and we're definitely looking forward to seeing what else you guys did and uh, seeing the finished product for sure. So, um, yeah. so yeah, it was a lot of fun. I'm glad you guys, I'm glad you guys included us in it. And I hope that it uh, doesn't just ruin the whole thing and end you guys' careers because you're all really nice right. people. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate the well wishes. Uh, no, we were pretty thrilled with uh, the way things turned out by the end of the weekend, early week the days that we were out anyway um we were pretty tickled with the material we got so all right i love to hear it so so tell all so tell all our uh, our listeners all nine and three quarters of them maybe the other mm-hmm. the guy will open his eye up and we can have 10 um <laughs> tell us tell, tell tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in in this like this line of work that i have to be honest Jason and I and the judge, if we were, would like, this was like, our would be like our dream job. I mean, this would yeah. just, this would be the top of the list for us. Yeah, it is my dream job. It absolutely is. I, um, I'm a, uh, an adjunct professor actually for classical studies. And then, so I work part-time there and then, uh, part-time with STM, but I got involved with this after, well, I was aware of Minerva Monster back in 2015 when Seth made that. Um, and then by the time he got around to Mothman of Point Pleasant, that really struck a chord with me because of the amount of research, historical research specifically, that he put into it. So I had found him on Facebook and I sent him a message and said, I really appreciate what you're doing with the research. And we just started talking at that point. And then I just later on said, if you need a researcher, let me know. Cause I was finishing up my master's degree at that point in time. And once I graduated, I really missed research in general. And so, um, I had started looking into cursed objects, which brought me around to the bell, Witch cave. And it was at one of their premieres. I cannot remember which one at Canton palace theater, where they had announced that they were going to be doing something with the bell, Witch. And so then I sent him a mess. By that point, we were friends. Um, and I had, I said, if you need, like, seriously, I, I know I said this before, but for real, I have stuff on the Bell Witch. Like, I've been looking into her for a while now. Please let me in. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he was like, yeah, okay, well, when we get to it, we've got a few other projects, but um, a few before that. But definitely when we get to Bell Witch, I'll, I'll give you a call. But he actually called me for Momo, um, and which was two before Bell Witch, Momo, and then uh, Mothman Legacy. And so I got brought on for Momo in 2019, and then I've my role has increased with each project. Uh, more responsibilities get thrown my way, and it's amazing. Um, I'm loving every minute of it. Um, listen, I, I, I'm not even sugarcoating it when I say we're, I mean, I'm jealous. I mean, um, 
I mean, it just because I've watched quite a few of the docu of the documentaries that you guys put out. I mean, Seth mm-hmm. does send them has sent the last couple to me to screen and and uh, and so we can talk about them and stuff on air and on social media. And they're they're so just expertly done, I should say. I mean, it's not like he's not really trying to convince anybody one way or another which I like. Right. It's just like, here's, here's the facts as we see it. And he'll even in, in it's so is him as the narrator even will say, look, I didn't believe this or I had, you know, I mean, he kind of puts it oh, out yeah. there what, he, you know, and maybe how he has been, his mind has been changed. And I think that's oh, kind of yeah. cool. I think that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I've, that's something that I've appreciated as well is that, there hasn't been a, a slant one way or the other, but the, I don't know. The biggest thing for me is preserving the stories of these people so that they don't get lost in time. Um, and then just seeing how, how it affects people and also letting people know that they're not alone because that's happened way too often that we've, cause um, one of the first things that we do with a project after we come up with the ideas, I'll start reaching out to witnesses and there have been countless ones that I've talked to that talk about how quiet they were after having an experience because they either knew that they were going to get mocked or they had told someone and were teased mercilessly. And so then they just kind of closed in on themselves and then lived in this, uh, I guess, fear or shame for a really long time until they get older. But then once they open up about it, that opens the door for other people who've had similar experiences to come forward and not have to live in the same uh, shadow, I guess. And I think that that's a great thing. You know, Heather, I love that. Yeah, we get I love a lot that, of that. I love that segue. I love that segue for you to mention in the chat, you know, the shadows. That's yeah, yeah. Good. We it's get cute. a lot of that. And uh, <laughs> that's what we pride our platform on being is to have a place mm-hmm. where people, they can come out and be able to say what actually happened and not have to worry about being ridiculed and have people that have yeah. had experiences themselves to be able to partake and create some discussion about it because that's the only way we're going to find out the truth is to actually mm. share our experiences. Oh yeah, I agree completely. Absolutely. Now, now Heather, how how are how do you find some of these witnesses if they've been afraid to talk about it? So, well, some of them have maybe, maybe they said something one time. There was, um, so in, uh, not night, uh, dark sky. So on the trail of UFOs, dark sky, one of my favorite witnesses for that, his name is Kenneth. And he shared his story decades ago, like once, and it ended up in a book, <laughs> um, which was, uh, West Virginia UFOs, I think is what it's called by Bob Teeth. And in it, there's like a drawing that he, he made a diagram of what he saw, but that was it. Like, that's the only record of it. And I found it in that book and then I tracked him down um, and called him. And I'm like, are you the Kenneth from this book? And he was like, uh, yeah, he had never even seen the book. Um did he not know he was like, in the book? Did he not know yeah, he was in the I book? Think, I think he knew that he was in it. He just never got a copy of it when it came out in like the 90s or something. 
And um, so I sent him a copy anyway, because I'm like, well, it's not really fair that you're in it and don't have it. But um, anyway, <laughs> he had only shared it in that particular book. And so um, beyond that, it wasn't, he's not on Facebook or anything, but you have, so he had been quiet about it up until I called him and then he thought about it because again, another thing that happens when you call somebody is that they're familiar with a lot of these television productions that kind of make fun of people. And so they're hesitant to talk to me to begin with. And so luckily because of what we've done, I can direct them toward YouTube or whatever to show them here's actually how we approach things. Um, I understand that I could be pulling your leg for all you know, but let the work speak for itself. And that's what had to happen with Ken. He saw that and then he called me back the next day and said, okay, I'm in. Um, but yeah, and sometimes it's just happenstance. You talk to people and they're like, well, I knew someone once who said whatever, let me call them and see if they're willing to talk. Or um, for... Uh, night visitors um which isn't out yet but when that comes out there's a witness in there that had only spoken with his wife about an experience that he had and i only found him because i happened to contact his ex-mother-in-law who uh, i contacted her for well yeah it was fine but i ended up contacting her because of her line of work because i thought maybe she knew someone who had had an experience. And so I just said, have you had anybody that's had, you know, X, Y, and Z type experiences? And she said, no. And then she's like, well, actually, now that I think about it, my ex son-in-law did have something, but I'm not supposed to know about it. Like my daughter wasn't supposed to tell me. She's like, let me message him and see. And he was willing then to talk, but it was a story that wasn't, she wasn't even supposed to know about. It was just happenstance that I contacted her and she knew about it. So. I don't know. Sometimes it's luck. And then of course there are people that share stuff on Facebook. There are people that email us. Um, and then it, then also you find other people who've had experiences and they have opened up about theirs and other people have come to them and it's just like a network that you create. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it is amazing how many people, like you said, just sit on a, you know, they don't want to say anything and it mm-hmm. takes so long for them to feel comfortable to mm-hmm. tell that story. And I mean, I can't imagine, um, I can't imagine sitting on something, um, for 40 years. Like we know, we know some guests yeah. that, you know, have sat on stuff for 40 years and it's like, and to think that nobody will believe you, even though there's people with you and they discount mm-hmm. what you're saying, it's, it's just amazing to me. It, it really yeah. is. Cause, because I think it does. Um, I mean, I, it, what it does to people mentally, you know, and that right. sort of experience, I, you got to think about it every day. I mean, mm-hmm. there's no way you don't, you know, and how yeah. does that affect, how does that affect you? And, and um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think what you guys are doing and what we're trying to do and what a lot of other people are trying to do with giving people a forum to talk about their stuff or, or just yeah. get it off their chest is, mm-hmm. I mean, it's great. It's great. Not yeah. to mention people, people love to hear this stuff. The, the people that <laughs> haven't experienced it. Okay. That's true. They, they, they love to great. hear it. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. Yeah. All right. 
I mean, yeah. all Jason says is, oh, we're going out squatching. We're going to go do this. We're going to go find the Bell Witch. We're going to do whatever. It's like, Come on, man. I don't want to be on another show telling about my experience. <laughs> well, don't worry. We'll talk about it on our show first, and then we'll go around and we'll share it with everybody else. Uh, yeah, see? Uh, and it's nice that they have, like, people get have a place where they can explain what happened to them without any type of judgment. Mm-hmm. But also what I've heard from witnesses that haven't widely shared their stories, or even ones that have, when they explain why they initially shared it, it was for, a lot of times, a cathartic reason, so that they could just get it out of their system and heal from it especially if it was a traumatic experience. Um, yes. It's healing to share those experiences with others. So definitely. Yeah. So, so now I, so I, I got to believe, okay. That mm-hmm. you're not just a, you know, that you just aren't a book nerd and you just don't like to do <laughs> research. Right. I mean, you have to have a love for the paranormal side of it mm-hmm. in and of itself. So is there a reason why you like that? I mean, are you a, an experiencer yourself? Yeah. So, um, I can't, I, I mean, I grew up with an interest in it from watching like Robert Stack on unsolved mysteries, um, hearing. See, see Jason, that. Jason, you could tell who's really young because they reference yeah. Robert Stack and we're, we always reference mm-hmm. Leonard Nimoy, yeah, it's you true. know, yeah. That's very so, true, yeah. <laughs> she's, yeah. she's yeah, way yeah. younger than, she's way younger than us. <laughs> I'm the baby. Yeah. Um, so like I grew up with that and then hearing stories from my mom about the old farmhouse that she grew up in that was supposedly haunted and getting a Ouija board when she was younger. And um, so then mom got me a Ouija board when I was in elementary school. So I was, just, I mean, I was raised around that stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, so I was, I mean, I was raised around that and I kind of, I know as far as ghosts and things, I never really doubted it, but, um, I mean, I have had experiences now that I'm older, I've gone out on investigations in the last few years and had experiences there. Um, we have something going on on our property right now. I, it's just weird. I mean, I'm, I, yeah, I've had experiences when it comes to things like that. Nothing. I don't know, nothing that's like absolutely terrified me, terrified me, but it makes me more curious each time something occurs. So, so what was the, besides you asking for a Barbie and getting a Ouija board for Christmas, what was the first (laughs) thing, what was the first thing that happened to you that you were like, okay, there, there is something else going on. Like, (laughs) well, there, um, yeah, so aside from the Ouija board, which was its own, I mean, thing as far as just being amazed that it moved and all of that, but uh, there were things that were happening in the house when I was young, and it was, like, some of the first things that I remember is uh, I always could tell when mom and dad would get up in the middle of the night and walk out to the kitchen to get a glass of water. Mom's footsteps sounded one way and dad's sounded another, and it would just wake me up because I had to walk past my room anyway. And I remember hearing this happen more than once. I'd hear footsteps walk from the back of the house out toward the kitchen. And I would always stay awake just to hear them come back to bed. And then I'd fall back asleep. But I'd hear the footsteps go out to the kitchen and then they would not come back. And I'd get up and I'd look 
and mom and dad are both asleep. And I was the only kid. I mean, I have a brother and sister, but they're much older than I am. And so I was basically an only kid and nobody else is in the house. So stuff like that would happen. Things would get, would disappear. And then, I mean, ridiculous things like the pot holder would disappear. And the mom and dad would ask me what I did with it as if I was doing something with a pot holder. And I'd swear I didn't do anything because I didn't. And a couple of days later, it would reappear. It would be like right in plain sight, whether it was on the stove or the counter or whatever. And nobody had put it there. Um, but the biggest thing was the one day that my parents were gone. Uh, it was a weekend. They were shopping and I was home alone with the animals. We had like at that time we had three dogs and a couple cats. And I was sitting in the living room watching TV. All, all the animals are out there because that's where I was. And I noticed they all stopped and looked behind me. They just froze. (laughs) And so I looked behind me and I saw somebody standing in the entryway between the living room and the dining room, just like leaning against the, uh, the entryway. And, um, it, it was very calming. It, so it was so calming. Like the person didn't look familiar at all, but I saw them. And for some reason, I felt like, oh, that's just dad, even though it looked nothing like my dad. That's just how calm I was when I saw him. And I turned back and then I was like, wait, that doesn't look like dad. Like when it all registered, that's not my dad. Nobody's home. And I looked back and then it was gone. And then the animals were back doing their thing. Um, But like I actually saw something. And uh, so I told my parents about that when they got home. And I don't know, they've seen stuff even since I've moved out. and both my mommy and my dad. So I don't know what's going on there, but I mean, have, that was have like they, early have they, memories. have they seen that man? Uh, dad has seen, I don't know if he's seen the man. He's, he sees things like out of the corner of his eye, like walk past or the one time he said he saw something that was like smoke is how he described it. Going across the living room. Like, um, I think he said it was just a couple feet off the floor and it was just like a wispy smoke just went across the living room. I don't know. I've not seen anything like that, but he's seen that. My mom was woken up one morning, which she thought was my dad because somebody like grabbed her foot and was shaking her foot and then started to pull the blanket off that she had on her lap to try to wake her up because she fell asleep in her chair. Um, and she like, she said she half woke up and said, I'm not, you know, I don't want to wake up yet or whatever and started to pull her blanket back or something. And then it kept it up and she opened her eyes and there was nothing there. So I don't know. Nothing bad has happened. Like all of that kind of stuff just doesn't, I don't know. I think that's fun. (laughs) That's cool stuff. (laughs) Nobody's getting injured or anything. (laughs) Well... That that is that's up for argument. I mean, somebody grabbing your foot and shaking it is I well, I don't know. I don't know. Might be psychologically I mean, disturbing, but I know. Uh, yeah, but I mean mom thought it was dad at first. When she realized it wasn't him, then she was like, Well maybe I was just dreaming. But I should tell Heather. See, that's those are the kind of phone calls I love to get is hey, something weird happened. I'm like, Ooh, tell me and I'll write it down. And the date and everything else. <laughs> Heather, there's a ghost in the house. It wasn't yeah. your dad. I don't know what to think. <laughs> yeah. 
Like all I could think of when you said that is I'm a huge Seinfeld fan is old man Costanza calling on Jerry's <laughs> answer machine said George is de- Steinbrenner called George is dead. Give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> and Jason's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I've never heard of Jerry Seinfeld. But anyway, so so I've the never co- heard of him before. I just I, I was I work nights. I never watched the series when it was at the height of its popularity. It is still at the height of its popularity, and don't you forget that. <laughs> Listen to it. Anyway, you don't want to let go of it. <laughs> anyway. So the so the so the so the figure of the man. I keep going back to this. Was that was that pretty solid, or could you see through it? I thought it was like I, I from what I recall, it seemed pretty solid because there was nothing about it that alarmed me. And I I feel like if I'd have been able to see through it, it would have registered faster to me that hey, that's not dad, that's not human. I don't know. Um, what I recall, it was solid. So now as a, as a super researcher, have you tried to do research on that house and see if there's something that, uh, may explain what's going on? Uh, no, not on that house. Uh, because Jason, I, I take your back. Everything. I take back everything I said about her. Yeah, the only Seth, Seth, if you you listen, Seth, you might want to start looking for. Yeah, start looking for someone else. I never looked on that house because that house isn't super old, so I'd have to look at the. I mean, I've looked at the land in that area, but not because of that house, but because of like old house foundations that are in the woods that I was curious about. But what I did look into was that we'd asked the Ouija board who it was that I saw, and it said that it was. Um, someone from the Wyandotte tribe, and I'm like, oh, all right, I don't know here. anything oh. about the Wyandotte tribe being in this area, really. Um, so I had looked, like, I I think we even asked it for a date or whatever, and I had looked up online, like, when they were in the area, like, moving through, and it had aligned that way, but I can't remember the date anymore, and that was a long time ago. Um, so... Like where you know. were, like where you were Sunday is where is Wyandot area. That's where the the Wyandots hung out. Oh well, hey, it's so bed, yeah. That's kind Weird. of a like where we're at. Where we were at was kind of along close to the path where they uh, chased yeah. down Colonel Crawford and you know, and then ended uh, up torturing him on the other side of Upper Sandusky. Interesting. Yeah, I never really looked into it too much other than to see because um, where I grew up, it was just down, it was, I technically, I mean, within walking distance, if I wanted to, of something called the Algonquin Mill Festival. Oh. Um, And so, I mean, there's like, there's Native American lore in that area, but people don't really talk about Wyandotte there. Um, So, but apparently there was, I mean, the Greek Trail is nearby here. So there, I mean, there was a, there were different tribes that were around. It's just for some reason, Wyandotte wasn't one that most people talk about in this area. So when that came up, I was like, well, that's weird. Um, but if I'm remembering correctly, there was a movement of some sort and it aligned with whatever date it was that the board gave me at the time. 
but I can't recall any so you, specifics on that now. So you trust the Ouija board? <laughs> no. No, yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I mean, we've had so many guests on, especially like psychic mediums that are just like, uh, do not mess around with a Ouija board. Um, well, I mean, I don't, I'm not afraid of it, I guess is what I should say. I don't trust what it says all the time because why would I? Um, but I'm not afraid of a board. I collect them, actually. I've got, uh, right now I only have a dozen, but, you know, I'm working on it. <laughs> I uh, only have a dozen. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, but, um, you know, I'm working, that's a very tiny collection. But It is. Some people, I'm not, they, yeah, I'm not afraid yeah, of them. Yeah, some people collect them. That is true. Yeah, I, I'm friends with some of them on Instagram, and I am very envious of their. They've got like the old wooden ones. Yeah, the, the ones that were handmade and, and hand painted and everything. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, they said so that, that those day, ones are the more powerful spirit boards because you put that energy into it when you create it yourself. I mean, it's it's fascinating actually. Jason, that, yeah. don't give her don't give her any ideas. No, no. So I'm going to make my own board is what I'm hearing. I need to just make my own. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, they, and, they say that with everything when it comes to like rooms and things. Yeah. If you were to get your own wood or stones and carve the rooms into them, then they're more powerful supposedly right. because you yep. did put your energy into them and intention and stuff. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yep. And I um, think, I think maybe if you cut your hand, and do a blood and sacrifice. You bleed on it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Do a blood sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. Blood and, magic uh, is very your, powerful your, there, Grover. Your essence. Yeah. Oh, gosh. That's totally. I yeah. No. Um. For Mother's Day a couple years ago, I ordered because the story <laughs> with my mom's Ouija board was that her parents had got got it for I think my aunt for Christmas one year, and my aunt even then was extremely religious and she was highly offended, I guess, that this board was purchased for her. And so they only got to play it a few times before my aunt had it burned. Um, and so then mom, mom was always upset about it because she thought it was fun. So then she got me mine whenever I was younger, but anyway, she never had one of her own after that. So for mother's day, a few years ago, it was right before the pandemic started I ordered her a hand carved one, um, which ended up taking months to get here because the pandemic shut everything down. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe uh, the hand carved, maybe the hand carved Ouija board was the uh, ab- epicenter of the pandemic. You know, That's what maybe, started. Yeah, perhaps. It's funny. Perhaps it's funny you mentioned. Like that, I feel, like I feel that like said that it was predicted on a Ouija board. What do you think oh, of that? You know what? I hey, feel man. like this is the worst <laughs> gift-giving guide right before Christmas podcast episode we could ever do. Like, I know what I'm buying you now. <laughs> okay. Okay. Jeez. Holy smokes. Like Mother's Day, like Ouija board. For, I mean, that's a whole thing. What do you want to get your mother for? Forget the, a dozen roses or a fancy dinner. Get her own Ouija board. Yeah, I yeah, I'll help with that commercial. I'm oh gosh, oh god, <laughs> she can con- She might not be able to get you on the phone, but she can conjure up her own spirit three hundred sixty-five days a year. She won't need a phone. <laughs> hey, you you have to be a producer to understand. Okay, 
Okay. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. You're not in the so, elite club, so. You so, better just, so. just, just stick with being a host. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Well, welcome back to the From the Shop. We're here with the Wicked Witch of the East. Uh, <laughs> the uh, warlock of the north. Uh. <laughs> so, so what? Uh, so, okay. So we're, we're man. I think we should get off the subject of Ouija boards. I feel like the room is starting to spin. Um, <laughs> so, so does that? So you've got you're married with with kids. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. How do they feel about the like? How do they feel about the Ouija boards? And how do your parent? I mean, obviously, your mom is totally into you being in this line of work. How's your dad? I mean, do they really? I mean, because any parent should want their kids to love their job and enjoy what they're doing. But is do they yeah. worry about like some of this stuff or not? Uh, not really. I mean, <clears throat> their biggest concern is whenever we travel, just that we're, you know, traveling is safe. Um, and mom's just always like, you're never alone. Are you? I mean, just like practical concerns as far as that goes. Um, but as far as being worried about spirits or anything, the only time I mom said anything to me was because my, my aunt, the same one that had the board burned, I guess had expressed concerns over the weird stuff that Heather's into. Um, and told her she was concerned about me or whatever. And so then mom relayed that and I just kind of chuckled and I'm like, okay, well, has she been, uh, has she been introduced to Seth? I mean, that would totally like calm her. My mom or my aunt, your aunt, your aunt. Oh yeah. No, that totally calm her down. Sure. No, she'd be like, Oh my God, save Heather. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Nah. Um, but no, they're fine with it. And I mean, as far as like the cryptid stuff, they find that all fascinating too. I think mom's more fascinated by ghosts than cryptids and dad is really into Bigfoot. So they're pretty typical. Well, uh, so let's, so let's get into the cryptid side because I mean, I think it's, I don't know what's easier to, to really accept that there's spirits and ghosts and, <laughs> and stuff, or that there's, some cryptids out running around like what, how do you, how would, do you feel about this as you've kind of, uh, cause obviously you've, you've dealt with spirits and ghosts and, and yeah, totally accepting of that. Yeah. So is this funny? We, um, when Alexander Petikoff was here filming for, uh, beyond the trail a few months back, we had this discussion. He's like, I don't have a problem if I were to run into Bigfoot, but I don't want to mess with spirits. And I'm like, see, I'm the other way. I would not have an issue with spirits. Bring those on. I don't want to see Bigfoot. I don't think only because I mean, maybe, maybe Bigfoot wouldn't be so bad. I don't know. I feel like that would just ruin my life. (laughs) Uh, Not that I don't go out looking for him and stuff with Seth, but um, to see one, if it were close, I just don't know how that doesn't shake you to your core to see something like that, even if you thought, and I do think that there's something out there and that all of this is plausible 
but to then see it is a whole other ball game. And that's the same thing with spirits too. As far as that goes, you can believe in it, but then when you see something, it's still different, but Absolutely. I don't know. Some of these, yeah. like uh, the judge's story. No, I don't ever want to have any encounter with a dog man. No way. Um, no. And, and, and I don't want to spoil what I think is probably the best line of the whole project, but mm-hmm. it was, you know, Seth asking me like what I, like what I thought, what I thought. And I think like, look, if I'm with you, give me something paranormal spiritual. Okay. Mm-hmm. I do not want to, I do not want to, um, run into a, biological creature that can just let alone it wouldn't even have the chain it wouldn't i wouldn't know i would pass out from fear before Mm -hmm. beforehand because i yes i look we jason i've been out in the woods just the same as you have looking for stuff that we probably shouldn't have been out looking for okay Mm -hmm. and um you you know stuff starts to happen and you, you start questioning like what am i doing out here you know, like, I were, yeah. like who can I, who can I put between me and this thing so that I have a chance to get out of the, I'm sorry, Jason, I did think that, yeah. but, you but I think Jason, faster than your friend, that's all. But I think, I think Jason, we both were thinking it'd be, it would be Jerry, right? I think we both agreed. It <laughs> would remember be Jerry. Jerry said he so, was going to tackle it. He wasn't thinking about running. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So good for good him. Then. Yeah, good for him. good for him. yeah. So maybe you guys need to get Jerry on the team out there when you're out there doing this Bigfoot thing, um, because you guys would be safe. Because Jerry's running; he's like a he's like a fireman running into the fire while everybody else is, is leaving. He's going yeah. after. Oh gosh. So so, do you want to tell everybody a little bit about this Bigfoot project that you guys are that you guys are doing? Yeah. So it's um, being filmed this is the first season um i don't know how subsequent seasons will go but these episodes are being filmed um in the minerva area so not far from where the minerva monster was and has been sighted um since the 70s and uh a pretty i guess you could say remote location um there's just been activity going on pretty consistently since, well, I don't know. I mean, since I've become aware of it since August. Um, and thinking about the spirit thing, the reason that I even became aware of stuff happening was that I had a friend in from out of state and we were wanting to do some, uh, paranormal investigating. And so, we had headed into the woods because I thought how spooky would it be to check out some of these woods in this area. And uh, stuff started happening almost immediately, which like noises we had um, taken, which you would see in the Bigfoot project, uh, like a John Deere gator up to get to this area. And I, um, when we got out of the gator and we were headed into the woods, there was this huge uh, smack off the side of the gator. It was loud enough that it sounded like something took the the tailgate and just slammed it as hard as it could 
against the gator, just slammed it shut. Now I am in investigation mode as far as like paranormal investigation mode. <laughs> and so I'm like, Ooh, a noise. Okay. Big deal. Like let's, you know, let's see something kind of thing. Like noises happen all the time. Um, not that that wasn't loud, obviously, but I was still in this ghost hunting mode. However, my friend got very uncomfortable. She didn't tell me till later that she actually saw something. She was afraid to say something because she thought that I would have teased her, which she probably would have because I would have taken it as you're just scared of the woods, not, Hey, you saw something fur covered here. Uh, but anyway, she insisted we left, we leave the woods. And so we did. And we got out into this open field. She's like, well, we can do the investigation out here. I just, I don't feel like we're welcome in the woods. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Well, once we're out there on the field, I'm like, this doesn't feel like a ghost hunt anymore. Why don't we, uh, you know, we're not far from the Minerva monster. Let's just play a howl. And so we played the Ohio howl and almost immediately got a response back. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> well, uh, uh, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe this is a little different. And I mean, I was, I was excited. I didn't want to see anything, but it was shortly after that. Cause we'd played again you'd get the return house. Um, there were branches that were snapping. Like it sounded like a, a huge branch or a small tree or something was broken in half right at the edge of the woods. And then we heard a really loud snort, which I've heard before just one time when I startled um, a doe that had her fawns with her. So I still don't know if what that was. It could have been a deer nearby, but it sounded like it was very close. I didn't see a deer. We did have flashlights. I didn't see anything, actually. But I heard that, and when that happened, it sounded aggressive, and I'm like, okay, now I'm done. So we got in the gator, and we went back home. And then... By the time we got back home, I was back to being excited again. And I'm like, I need to have a uh, Bluetooth speaker so I can amplify the Ohio howl. Oh, gosh. Let's go back and see what happens. And so um, my friend would not go, but my husband went with me and another friend that was there. Uh, but the one that came from out of state, she said, no, I, and this is also because she saw something I found out later. She's like, and she no, still didn't I, tell. And she still, she didn't, still tell didn't tell you. me. She didn't tell <clears throat> me until she got back to Oregon. When she got back home, then she was like, "Oh, by the way, listen, I, I don't want to. I, I don't want to point out the obvious, but that's not much of a friend. That sounds like <laughs> a, that sounds like the judge move from back in the day. Like, like you know, like what? Boy, oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. I just tell. Just please tell me you didn't take the Bluetooth speaker out and set it on a Ouija board on the back of the gate. No, to do. no okay, I right. didn't set it on a Ouija board, but we did take the Bluetooth speaker back and got howls. Um, and we slowly got closer and closer to the woods that we had been in. Um, and we would, we would go further and we'd stop and turn the gator off and, and play the howl and we'd get different noises back and stuff. And then eventually we get close to the woods. We're within a few yards of it. Um, and there's a discussion of, okay, are we going in the woods? And we finally, after much, you know, him hawing around, we were like, okay, we'll go in. And we started the gator up and started to go forward. And as soon as we inched forward, there was this massive crack 
that happened, um, which was enough that the my husband and the friend that were in the front, so two men, were like, okay, we're done here. And they just turned the gator around. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> uh, not that I really wanted to be yanked out of the back of the gator by something, but it was enough to make them uneasy, and so we left. Um, but yeah, when my friend got back to Oregon, she's like, so there's something I wanted to tell you. Um, I didn't want you making fun of me that night, but when we got there and you were setting up all the, (laughs) the equipment for the ghost hunting, she said, I was taking the flashlight around and she was just looking around the trees. And she said, I saw something like peeking around the, the tree trunk, one of the tree trunks. And she said, I saw an arm and a hand, like it was wrapped, like one side was wrapped around the tree and a head that was peeking out. And she said it was really high off the ground and it was hair covered. And I'm like, oh, well, why didn't you tell me? (laughs) She's like, I thought you'd make fun of me. I'm like, well, I mean, I wouldn't have made fun of you had you told me you saw a Bigfoot. But if you had just said, I'm scared of the woods, I probably would have taunted you sure well well then we're going to take the opportunity right now to make fun of her and just label her as worst friend ever (laughs) and and i'm just it's just for purposes of the podcast because i think she i think she deserves some ribbing like like Uh, i bet i need you you need to check her phone when she when you see her again and see if she has you labeled as bait or sucker in there Uh, under context (laughs) I mean, she comes back for a visit. I think, I don't know. I think if she, I would like to think that if she thought it was like super dangerous, she would have said, Hey, don't go. But also she may have recognized that I was going back regardless. So, well, I don't know. I mean, look, (laughs) you, I mean, when you see that, okay. As what she described, that's not supposed to be there. Yeah. Like, like that's not, like you're not supposed to look, see uh, like an ape monkey looking thing covered in hair with his hand. I mean, that's just not supposed to exist right. in the woods in Minerva. Right. Minerva. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, right. Oh gosh. So, so then I'm assuming you told yeah. Seth about this. I told it, Seth. Yeah. I told Seth about it. And he was like, wait, what? I want to come see. Like, I want to come out and check out the property. And so he did, and um, which he actually, he had been on the property before because it's where we filmed, uh, if you've seen Skinwalker, Howl of the Rougarou, um, there are scenes in there in the woods that were shot here. Actually, the one part of woods, we call it the Rougarou Woods. That's how we reference it because that's where we shot the recreations. Um so he was already kind of familiar with it, but he hadn't been out for anything other than filming those recreations. So he came out and, uh, stayed at the, there's a cabin in the back and stuff happened almost immediately. Um, and so he was like, okay, this is it. Like this is, he already had an idea for something similar to what the Bigfoot project has become. But, um, hadn't had a location or anything in mind. And so when this had started, he's like, okay, this is it. This is where I'm starting this. And so he's been out ever since then. And he had a sighting of his own. I unfortunately was not with him at the time. I was back watching the children at the house. Um, 
But when he came back, he was all wide-eyed and excited about this hair-covered creature he saw running um, across this pipeline, which has since now been covered in, like, the National Enquirer and stuff. Uh, oh, but, uh, that, okay, yes, I saw, okay, yes. I saw, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And, and that's and, and that's funny is, um, you know, because we had him on the show, it's been a, at least a year ago, and it seemed like, and that was the first time I'd ever really talked to him, that he really didn't, like, he was just more of a filmmaker, and this was an interesting subject, and none yeah. of this stuff was anything that he had experienced himself to the point where he was a true believer. Like maybe he thought it was a possibility. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I thought it was funny on the other day and he just matter of factly, you know, it's like, yeah, I had a sighting. And I'm thinking, dude, we're walking into the woods right now. I'm going to hear what your sighting is. Yeah, his sighting was in the middle of the day, too. It was broad daylight. Yeah, yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, we're going into the woods, Shane. Um, by the way, I, I just saw Bigfoot. Like, okay, okay. Is Heather up there with her Ouija board? In the, in the, yeah, in the yeah you didn't I even mean, know yet. You didn't even know then. Oh, gosh. <laughs> gosh, my parents are going to be so mad if they listen to this episode. Um, so, um, but... But yeah, it was just like so and I'm just like I was kinda like stunned when he said it, like, hmm, this isn't the you know, and I'm like, well, okay. And I didn't really question him on it, but I'm you know, yeah. um I'm I'm glad that he experienced something then on his own. I mean, so he definitely now is a believer. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I don't know how he couldn't be at this point. Um <laughs> something is going on in the woods. We've had stuff thrown at us. Um, we've heard them around us when we were out there at night. There's actually, and this doesn't get brought up because we didn't catch it until later, but the first episode of, um, the Bigfoot project, which is on YouTube now, um, there is a, a clip in there that when we were watching it after it was all done, we projected it up on the, on the big screen that we have in the office just to make sure that everything, you know, was edited. Okay. There are, there's eye shines that shows up and we didn't see it. We didn't see it at the time. We didn't see it at the editing. We saw it after it's together where Seth is standing in the woods. I'm the one with the camera and he's pointing at one point. He says something about, you know, there's noises over here and there's noises over there. Cause about time you face one way, then they would start behind you. So we were figuring there were more than one. But as he's pointing, you can see a pair of eyes go up like it was hunkered down behind him and stand up and then move uh, past him, beyond him, which we didn't hear it moving. Like, we didn't hear it at that point. But during that night, part of the reason we were there is because we were hearing them running around. And at one point, right where that was, because we know exactly where it was, that was one place where we were like, it sounds like they're just like two or three feet away from us. But it was summer and the brush was very thick. So even with the night vision, um, the leaves would just flash back at you. I mean, it was, you couldn't see through the thickness of the leaves, really. Um, so, but yeah, so, you see uh, this eye shine. It doesn't get pointed out in the in the show because 
we already had finished it by the time, but we paused it and went back and rewatched it. And he and I were both flipping out about having it on there, but it's not denoted anywhere because the episode was already done by that point. So how, how does that, how does that feel? Okay. Knowing that, especially when you see that and know that it's just a couple feet away from you, that something that big yeah. Is mm-hmm. that quiet, that stealth? Does it, yeah. I mean, does it seem unnatural? I mean, all of it seems unnatural, but how in the moment does it, how unnatural does it seem in the moment? Like unsettling and. I, well, I mean, when we saw that, uh, we were flipping out. I mean, it gives you chills a little bit, but like there are coyotes all over out here and we've seen them and not heard them. So the animals that are used to being here are very adept at not making noise when they're going through the woods, even when the leaves are down. Um, And that was something that's like, if they are making noise, it's like they want you to know they're there, which is Mm -hmm. kind of that, that night that it's um, that most of that night is on the first episode of uh, Bigfoot project, but it was like, they were messing with us. They would make it, so that you could hear them and they, you could hear that they were close. And every once in a while, like the one time they threw something after they were messing with us enough, then one threw something uh, like a rock and it hit the ground next to us and we could feel it hit the ground. And that's when I got worried at that point, only because like, because <clears throat> once it did that, Beth was like, well, that didn't feel, you know, that, that didn't feel quite as welcoming or whatever. It didn't feel so much like play. And then I was like, okay, so when does aggression, like, you know more about Bigfoot than I do. You've been out Bigfooting all over the country. You tell me, should I be concerned? And he was like, I don't know. And he started. And that's when he said, and that's when he said, I don't even believe in Bigfoot. I mean, I'm just. He should have have been like, I don't believe you at all. I don't believe believe in this. This (laughs) stuff. When they, when stuff starts happening in this location, it's usually not just a little bit. It's a lot that's happening at once to the point where now if there's like a tree knock, Seth sometimes will be like, all right, let's have a little bit more. Like we know you got more like he's like tree knocks are nothing now. Um, it's like when you're out investigating for paranormal stuff and you've seen shadow figures after a while, shadow figures aren't that big of a deal because you've already seen them. And there's nothing to be concerned about, but there'll be times where Seth's out at the cabin. He's like, all right, guys, let's go. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. Did you, did you just say there's just, there's no big deal about shadow figures. I did say there's no big deal about shadow figures. Oh my goodness. I, I did. Oh. <laughs> uh, you know, because- you got Ouija, you got Ouija boards. <laughs> No big deal, but Seth is like, is that all you got? Come on, guys, let's go. I mean, I'm really glad yeah. you did this episode, Jason, after we were with those guys. I'm not. Well, I mean, let's hope there's I'm no not like. fun to go. I don't want to go in the woods by myself. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, I don't want to. And for that's for multiple reasons. I don't want to run into whatever those are. But also, well, I know there are coyotes and they travel in packs. And I don't want to be caught in that. Um, 
But yeah, shadow figures, the only time that a shadow figure had kind of, and it didn't unnerve me, but it unnerved my friend Courtney, um, was we were at uh, Fairfield County Infirmary in Lancaster, Ohio. And um, my friend, the one that from Oregon that uh, had her experience here in the, in the woods, she mm-hmm. was with yeah. us. This okay. was a whole different time. She and, and I she saw and she saw Jason there. Voorhees. She saw Jason no, Voorhees and didn't bother to tell you. <laughs> and then and then she just Freddy Krueger. No, <laughs> she and I went downstairs. Uh, the group was uh, like on the first floor, and then she and I snuck downstairs while they were doing whatever they were doing uh, because we were wound up. The night had just begun, and we were just giddy to be there. So we snuck off and went downstairs. Um, I looked around down there, and then when we came back up the stairs, Courtney saw me at the top of the stairs and just starts yelling at me because she's like, what are you doing? Why are you messing with me? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she's like, you, what were you doing walking down the hallway? Why'd you go into that room? And why didn't you answer me? And she's pointing to an area that I wasn't even at. Um, so what had happened was after my friend and I went downstairs, she saw my silhouette walk down the hallway and into a room and she thought it was me she said the silhouette which she's known me since practically birth um we've been we I, we've known each other since we were born pretty much um she's like i know and your yet, silhouette and yet i know she's how you still walk. willing to sacrifice you no no this was the other friend that like oh, okay. courtney's the one that knows okay. <laughs> that's known me okay. so long Okay. She's like, I saw you walking. I know your silhouette. And she's like, you had your backpack. Cause that night I had my equipment in my backpack and was carrying it around on my back. She's like, it was you. I saw your hair. I saw your backpack. You walked down the hallway and you walked in that room and I yelled, Hey, what are you doing? And you just kept walking. <clears throat> and she's like, so I went down the hallway and I went in the room and you weren't there. And she thought, I mean, she was convinced that I was messing with her and I was not, <laughs> I was I wasn't even on that floor, um, but I think that that's probably, I would say also any shadow figure that doesn't take the form of a person, okay, that's unnerving. Um, yeah, but, and it, so it was mimic. so that one was mimicking you to try to get her yeah. into, yeah. oh boy. Yeah, that, and it, it, it got her away from the group because she left the group to come because she thought it was me. So she left the group, and then when she didn't see it was me, she started to start. She started yelling at me because she or yelling for me because she thought that I was like I don't know hiding around the corner, getting ready to scare her or something. Um, and then the group came over, and she told them what she saw, and they got the equipment out, and stuff was spiking around that doorway. But um, yeah, so it, I mean, it did it get it got her away from the group, but. I don't know. That was the only one that we've seen that mimicked one of us as far as that goes. But we've also seen shadow figures that don't look human in shape, and those ones are unnerving. That's true. Okay, so those ones are kind of a big deal. But in general, (laughs) a human-shaped shadow figure I'm not as worried about. We're talking. We're talking like about shadow figures, like we're comparing fries between Wendy's and McDonald's and Burger. Yeah. King. You know, yeah. Like, eh, you know. They're, oh gosh, I. Boy, you got some nerve. I'm going to tell you that. 
I, but but back to the big back to the the Bigfoot thing. So yeah. so this is the area is close to where the Minerva Monster then. Yeah. So so since the Minerva Monster, there has been a continual uh, series of sightings and reports. Then. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it hasn't been a. It hasn't been as popular as far as like, I don't think there's been as many reported sightings that have caught the attention quite like the Minerva monster sighting did. But even the family would tell you that they've had continual activity at that property anyway. Um, So that's never really stopped. And likewise, this whole area um, has had sightings. I mean, since even I was little, I remember hearing people talk about seeing Bigfoot um, in the area. The only time that I'd noticed a drop in like just local gossip and chatter about seeing things was whenever, um, we had a, like a, a gas and oil boom in the area. And there were a lot of wells that were being dug. And when that was happening, there wasn't as much activity occurring. Um, but once, the wells were dug and then the crews kind of moved out stuff started back up again. But while that was happening, there weren't really people reporting, seeing things like that. So. That's interesting that they, that they just kind of took off and didn't like Mm -hmm. kind of fight for their territory. Well, yeah, but that would be kind of stupid of them. I think if they started fighting and like killing people, well, I, I don't. Like I don't. Or I don't mean. <laughs> I don't mean like fighting, like trying to scare people off. I don't mean like. <laughs> you don't. You don't mean going and just ripping people in half. No, 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 no. no. I don't mean that. I don't mean mm-hmm. that. Well, no, but I mean fight. I figure you meant like fight, fight. <laughs> no, I guess I need to choose my words carefully when when speaking. <laughs> But, but, you know, like kind of like throwing rocks, like you guys get the rock yeah. thrown at you. And, but I've heard I've heard stories of people, you know, in the Pacific Northwest that are on logging crews and every yeah. morning they would come back and a piece of equipment would be torn up or, you know, mm-hmm. the, the oil drums yeah. or gas drums and stuff would be destroyed. And, you know, something like that, you know, like, hey, yeah. get out of here. So that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, there might have been stuff like that might have been happening. I know. I just wouldn't have heard about it when stuff started. A lot of the people that came in to do the wells and I mean, it's not a hundred percent everybody that was involved, but a lot of the crew that came in and started a lot of this were not from the area. So they weren't like locals. I mean, there were people from uh, down around the Gulf that had come up. I mean, and stayed for a while while everything got up and running. And so I don't know how much chatter I would have heard because it wasn't locals. Um, that were in that area. So I don't know. I'm sure there were locals that worked there, but by and large, it seemed like it was mostly uh, outsiders that were here for that. That's uh, that's interesting for sure. Yeah, because, yeah, maybe they just, they didn't think twice. Maybe stuff did happen. They just didn't think twice about it because. Yeah. Yeah. So, or they just wouldn't have told us. <laughs> well, because they didn't want the job to get shut down. You know, yeah. you also got to think of that. Like, um, if we start saying there's these, you know, you know, we just want to get to do the job and get paid, you know, and mm-hmm. then go back. To, um, so this might be a totally unfair question, 
But for our listeners out there who have not had the pleasure of watching uh, one of the documentaries that um, Seth and you guys have done, Mm-hmm. What is what's your favorite that you would recommend if any if you could only just watch one? <laughs> well, I would say <laughs> not taking into I, account that it's one that you personally worked on. If you didn't, oh well, it. shoot, I was gonna say <laughs> that actually, um, I really do, and and I know this is it's very hard for me to pull my bias away from this because I worked so closely on it but the skinwalker howled ruguru is one of my favorites um that we've made but bell witch is also a good one um the mark of the bell witch and that one's it's a lot different than yes we try to do something different with each one but it's it kind of stands out a a good deal that and momo is its own thing too but um i would say skinwalker howled ruguru or the bell witch or the Beast of Bray Road is another one that I really like. I've, I've always been a fan of that one. Um, that was before I was on the crew, so that you know, there's no bias there on that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's also like five or six. I mean, come on. We, yeah, we, you know. So no, so I say people the Ruguru if, one for real. Okay, so if, if people want to watch those, I think they're all available on Amazon, right? Most of them. Yeah, they're on Amazon and what, Vimeo and whatever other platforms there are. <laughs> I don't know. They're on a lot of the a lot of the uh, on demand or not on demand, but the purchase ones. I'm really bad at that part. Uh, Amazon's usually what I use. So they're on Amazon, and I know they're on Vimeo. Um, and if you can order the hard like the hard copies, like the actual DVDs or Blu-rays from our website. Um, and then we got a ton of stuff on YouTube. So there's the, the Bigfoot project. Well, where do, where do people, where do people find it? I mean, is there one place to go and just find that or is there different channels for, for YouTube? Yeah. For YouTube. Yeah. It's just the small town monsters, uh, YouTube channel. Everything is there. Um, so you can watch, you can find the Bigfoot project there or Alexander, uh, Petikoff and Eli Watson have beyond the trail which is all Bigfoot. Um, and they've traveled all around the country and gone to different locations. Those episodes are all on there for free. Um, there's some hauntings episodes that have come on there for free. You can watch me interview people on my new show called the lore, you know, on there for free. If you wanted to, you know, take some time to do that. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> just say it. Or listen, you can listen to it on uh, on your mail route. <clears throat> just throwing that out there. Jason. On a, it's on podcast. J- uh, Jason, what do you think she's trying to, she's hinting at? Mm. I mean. Well, definitely, I'll definitely, yeah. okay. Okay, you twisted my arm. Jason will definitely okay. listen to it while he, I'm on the mail. <laughs> there you go. I mean, it sounds yeah. it sounds like you could dive into the small town monsters universe and get lost. You know, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. stuff. There is a lot there's of a stuff, lot. and even with uh, even with YouTube, I mean, there's tons of free content. But then people can also become uh, a channel member. We call them squad members, and there's even more stuff. Uh, behind the scenes things 
and episodes that aren't, you know, that are extended, I guess, and aren't released to free YouTube and then early access to things. We've got all that going too. There's, there's always more is what I'm trying I to say. I am betting, Jason, I'm betting um, there will be a how-to video to make your own Ouija board. Out of, uh, That's a I really good that. idea. It is a good I idea. I like where your head's at here. Yep. I know, I know. And, and imagine if you got the wood from a haunted house that was torn <gasps> Oh, look, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not saying that that's what you should do, but, you know, I'm an idea guy. I'm an idea. Guy. Yeah. So, I'm just starting out there. <laughs> so so I got one last question before we let you go. Mm-hmm. And you may not want to answer this, but okay. if there's right. one if there is there one subject that you're trying to convince Seth that you guys need to do a show on because you really are passionate about it and love it. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I, I'm huge into folklore and we're kind of doing that with lore, you know, um, I would like someday to, to take another crack at the paranormal and maybe a different way. Um, than what we did with hauntings. I don't know what that would be yet, like how we would approach that, but I'm always down for more paranormal stuff. So, but oh, as far I have, as no, I have go, no doubt about, I have no doubt about that. <laughs> <laughs> as far as like cryptids go and stuff, um, I don't know. Seth's pretty open about stuff. Uh, we kind of, we, we all throw out our ideas and talk it through and, and kind of do what we can when we can. So I'm not feeling like he's been ignoring any of my ideas. Okay. That's fair enough. I think, I think we can <laughs> accept that answer. Right, Jason. I mean, oh, that's, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I was putting her, putting her on the spot a little bit, you yes, know, you I mean, were. but that this was also like, we're talking like she's not listening, but this was also <laughs> her chance. This is also her chance to really like, like like campaign for one of her ideas and yeah. have have nine or ten of our listeners echo that back on social media and say, oh wow, we really want to we really want to see that story. And then the pressure that Seth would feel to have to like do it would that. be overwhelming. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But uh, yes. <laughs> well, well, Heather, it it has been. I'm going to say, and, and Jason, I know we we talk about this a lot. The best part about doing the podcast is getting to meet super cool people. Okay. Yep, and, sure and I, and I know we probably wouldn't have got to meet you this soon if it hadn't been for the project that we, that, that we worked on, but I'm glad that we got to, that we, you and I got introduced to each other because I, you know, we, I think we have a fun time going back and forth a little bit. Um, we, oh, both have kind, we both have kind of uh I don't want to say demented, but just kind of like <laughs> twisted sense of humor. And, uh, but I mean, I've really, enjoy, I've really enjoyed you coming on. I enjoyed doing some work with you. I enjoyed listening to your, like, I didn't, I didn't know what kind of stories we were going to get, but that's, <laughs> that's some pretty good Bigfoot stuff right there. I think sure our is. listeners, I think our listeners are going to be happy that they, uh, that uh, that we had you on, and I hope that everybody mm-hmm. goes and checks out everything that you guys, you know, that you guys have done. And maybe next 
summerish. There'll be a really great project coming out that uh, you know we can yeah. promote again that may yeah, go to the yeah. top of the may go to the top of the list. Of yeah, you know, best. I mean, we we've announced some of the stuff that's coming next year, and our Kickstarter is on February third to help help us fund all of these projects that are coming in 2022. We can name the projects that are coming. And yeah, know, let's people could make their own conclusions. Let's let's what, go through a list of what's so, coming up. <laughs> we have uh, UFO or on the trail of UFOs, night visitors. Nope. On the trail of Bigfoot, the last frontier. Never heard of it. Nope. We have <laughs> uh, the Jersey Devil movie. Uh, I think it's going to call it Bloodlines: The Curse of the Jersey Devil. And there's something called American Werewolves. Ooh, now that sounds interesting. American Werewolves. I yeah. wonder. I, that sounds a little more highbrow, I have to say, than, yeah. the, Jersey, than the Jersey Devil. Um, you know, I mean, it sounds like something that could really, somebody could really sink their teeth into, no pun intended. So. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think so. We've, we've started on that project, and I think it's going really well. So. Well, I'm. Uh, I think I speak for everybody uh, that I think everybody's very excited about all those projects, um, awesome. and uh, and in fact, in fact, I will be uh, prodding you for some eyewitnesses that I can talk to about the Jersey Devil because I love to have. <laughs> we've never had anybody on about the yeah. Jersey Devil, and that's a subject that truly, like, did you have you guys. I don't know how much we can talk about. Have you guys started on that yet? We started? No, not really. Uh, we are really in the early stages of that. Um, I'm on. Uh, Seth gave me a deadline for the next few weeks of things that I have to get in order. Jersey Devil is on that list, so hopefully, I will have an idea uh, and some things that I could share with you by well, the end I, here. Hey, listen, I, when I hear, gosh, we should be talking so much more about the American werewolf, but, um, <laughs> the, when I hear like the Jersey devil stuff and I hear like the pine barrens and, and those mm -hmm. being described, it's, mm -hmm. it is a fast, like, it sounds like to me in my simple mind that, you know, you're talking about medieval Germany, like in the dark forests and stuff, right? Like when you're describing the pine barrens and mm -hmm. I, to me, that sounds like a, like I don't want to say magical, but like a like sort of like a like a supernatural place just in and of itself yeah. because it it doesn't seem like it should should exist in modern day America. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like yeah. Well, I mean, the creature itself doesn't seem like it should exist either. The the, the way it's described is insane. It's I'm so telling wild. I'm telling you right now. My theory is is that the Jersey Devil and the Mothman are one and the same. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, yep. we can entertain that. Started theory. a debate. Yeah. <laughs> Look, you heard it. You heard it here first. One in the same. Like it may not be the same one, but I think it's the same. I think we're talking about the same creature. I do. I do. I'm Interesting. Just, I'm throwing it out there, and I won't even do we'll And I won't even direct you. I won't even direct you to my to my uh, theory about the. 
Mothman just being a pet of an extraterrestrial that got loose oh, on a restroom on a restroom break <laughs> in the United States. That's why I think some of these cryptids are. They were pets of extraterrestrials that got loose while they got they stopped for a roadside rest, you know, right. like in like in West Virginia, of course. West Virginia. We'll stop here and let Fido out for the you know, to go to the bathroom and then next thing you know, there's there's the, the Mothman running around. So Right. I mean, Amen. Of course I may be crazy. I don't know. So <laughs> but uh, no, but it but it's fun to it's fun and it's inter- I mean to to consider, you know, like like what what is this stuff? I mean, the oh, yeah. the Jersey Devil I mean, that's been around for when did that happen in the 1800s, right? Like early? Yeah, I feel like that one was in, see, this is um, early, early stuff, 1700s, 1800s, something like that. Yeah. Um, so that, so that's yeah, something I'm that's in the really early stages of research. Catch me in a yeah. month or so, and I'll be able to tell you a ton of stuff about it. But I can hardly wait. About it right now. Yeah, I, I know. Hurt. You sound so hurt. excited. I am. I am because <laughs> I am. I, I, I am. And I can, and I can, I think I can direct you maybe to some people that have had some sightings that I've heard secondhand because uh, yeah, I'm so, yeah. So, but, uh, okay. Well, Heather, we'll let you go. We'll let okay. you go, you know, uh, but we appreciate you joining us. This has been fun. Some great stuff. And, uh, yeah. I, can't wait to see the, the, the next projects coming and uh, hopefully everybody go check out all your stuff. And um, yeah. I mean, cause if nothing else, get a cool, like small town monsters, t-shirt or coffee mug or something. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. Those have to exist. Right. Tell me they exist. I don't know about, the, I don't know about the coffee mug. I haven't checked the web store in a while, but the shirts are definitely there. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> I, I mean, that's like one of the coolest names ever. So um, God, that would be such a great name for a podcast. Dang you, Seth Breedlove. Dang you. Anyway, uh, thanks again, Heather. And, you know, we will be in touch. We'll be in touch. Awesome. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. <laughs>
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.